Bitcoin mining is expensive. It's the equipment, the electricity, dealing with the heat. But with a single Bitcoin now worth more than $20,000, mining at scale can be a very lucrative business. There was a time not long ago, well, fairly long ago, when it didn't take that much to mine Bitcoin. You could crack out new blocks in a matter of minutes from your home computer without much effort. Of course, there weren't really worth anything back then, and there really wasn't anything you could do with them. But times have changed. These days, way more processing power is needed to mine because the calculation that rewards miners to keep on mining is just getting complicated to compute. That's by design, a perfect, beautiful, mathematical design. To be successful with mining at scale these days, it takes massive rooms full of equipment worth tens of millions of dollars. There are a handful of public companies mining Bitcoin now, others on the path of going public to raise money for the massive expense it takes to mine Bitcoin. Today on Dumb Money, we take you into our thought process as we consider investing in a company doing just that. Is investing in a pre-IPO Bitcoin mining business a good investment, or would we be better off just buying more Bitcoin? This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money, welcome to the show. One small request, it's easy, it's free, it just takes a second. Find the little like button on your screen and, you know, do your thing. Chris Jordan, the uh, hotly debated topic online right now, Bitcoin or Bitcoin mining, which is the better investment? We've seen the debate in real time as Chris tweeted out yesterday and the responses are kind of all over the place. Oh, we are not a crypto channel, never will be. Listen, I'm not a crypto fanboy. You're not Jordan, you're not Dave. I think that makes it more interesting because we don't approach this as fanboys. We're not biased. Um, we're really looking at this analytically. We're, we're talking about this subject matter because we just have to. We can't avoid it. But I really see this whole crypto field with a with a vividly clear lens right now, right? And I think that's what probably makes our conversation more unique than a lot of the other crypto Bitcoin conversation happening right now around Twitter and YouTube. I don't want to be in it, guys. I don't I, I wish I wish the whole thing would go away, kind of. Like there's a piece of me. I get I get why Bitcoin is potentially insanely amazing and crypto in general. Look, but there's so it, many it, it exists, it's out there, it's an investment asset and so I feel like we have to discuss it and we should be educated on it right and so if you're not educated on it then you're ignorant of it and so yeah. I think the best thing to do is just get educated yeah and I'm yeah, invested in it I, I actually think crypto is an important part of my portfolio it's not going to be a big part of it but it is a key component to my overall investing strategy right and can we agree that it's just a matter of when, not if, that some form of digital currency, obviously blockchain, how those worlds intersect, will become the norm. It could be five years or 50 years or 250 years, but we, we all know that it's just a matter of time. I just think it's such a muddy, noisy space with so many questions and so many unknowns. And I, I want to throw something out there for today's conversation. So many shady characters in this space. I, I swear, like the people that ultimately kind of attach themselves to crypto, it's like it's weird. And to some cases, some of the same people that attach themselves to, you know, uh, alt EV companies. Right. I don't <laughs> say which ones, Nicola, but it's just it it, it is it kind of it's a magnet for get rich quick. It's a magnet for we're going to skip the line and 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 like blow up this new right blow up this new asset class and and get rich off of it right. And I it's kind of fun. I get the attractiveness to that, but it's also attracts the wrong 
wrong people. It attracts a lot of times fraud. It attracts people that are misguided, uh, that are taken in by that. It's kind of like being part of a cult. By the way, I'm watching The Vow on HBO, this cult, and I'm like, really, I love studying cults. <laughs> it's a it's a great show. It's not love. <laughs> it, it's, it's all intertwined, man. It's all intertwined. It really is. Is it about like a real cult that happened? Or is, is it oh, like a dude, yes, yes. It is about a monstrously big, big cult. It really goes in deep. You know what's so great, Jordan? It's not like a super obvious cult. It's like one of these cults that has a leader that is so smooth with the way that he has set it up and the way that he's grown it to where even when you're watching it, you're asking yourself, well, is this bad or is it good? Like you can't all that's the way. I'm going to like all start out, right? I mean, nobody walks into a cult and they're like, oh shit, that's a cult. And then they're like, you know, why not? <laughs> but <laughs> there's this something one, it seems good about them, right? And they probably, you know, they've got a charismatic leader. Like there are attributes about cults that draw people in. Very but similar Jordan, to I'm on any the episode second of. Last episode. I'm at the second to last episode and I'm still like, I know it's bad. I know it's bad. It's obviously, there's parts of it that are very, very bad. But then there's other parts that are so good that it's, 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 he, this guy's good, man. I'm just telling you. It's like this, American leader, Greed. Think about it. It's, it's like there's, there's, you always see some little character that, you know, that you want to believe and there has to be something good about it, but it ends up just being a giant fraud. But that's not what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is a real thing. The, so the, the two people involved in Bitcoin are, I, I see really smart people who know what they're talking about and, and kind of like see this as a future. And then you're totally right. There's this like, this like get rich quick element that, that latches onto it. But it's a little, it's, it's hard to just say that the whole industry is a bunch of fraudsters. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to agree with Tim White. Piton is a cult, and he's cool with it. I'm cool with that cult, too. Like, I am so in on the Piton cult, even though I don't even own one. I just got I, off the Peloton. I did a 45-minute ride with Olivia. It was awesome. That is that is the greatest <laughs> cult ever. If that's a cult, I'm 100% in on it, too. All in. No. All in. But, uh, you know, Neo's a cult, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get let's get back to Bitcoin, guys, because we have these two worlds. And this is I want to talk about this before we talk about our potential big investment, okay? Which is out there. Before we get into that, because we actually have a potential investment we want to work through on the show. Can we talk about just in general the difference between investing in Bitcoin and investing in a Bitcoin mining operation? Very different risk factor. Really, invest. And to me, the easiest way to say this, guys, is investing in a Bitcoin mining operation is essentially making a levered bet on Bitcoin. Okay, That's exactly what I was going to describe it as because that's exactly what it is. It is tied to the value of Bitcoin. If Bitcoin tanks, the mining company that put up all this capital to mine essentially is worthless, right? But if Bitcoin accelerates, if Bitcoin goes from 20,000 to 30,000, then all of a sudden the investment that they made is going to pay off bigger than anyone expected. So Dave, there are, um, so think about this. There's there's fixed costs involved and variable costs involved with mining Bitcoin, right? And so the company we're looking at, for example, there's you know tens of millions of dollars of fixed costs and then there's variable costs above that. But here's the really interesting thing. If Bitcoin 
Bitcoin drops, your costs really don't drop. So you still have those costs. So a company, a Bitcoin mining operation is a company that trades on multiples. Okay. So let's just use a 10x earnings multiple. Very simple. You know, back in the day when we started investing, it was really hard to find stocks that traded for anything higher than a 10 PE. Okay. I know that's crazy to y'all. If there's any like Robin Hooders watching this, you're like 10 PE. What kind of company trades at 10 PE? But like, you know, 10 PE was kind of what companies traded at not that long ago. So basically 10 times earnings. So let's just use that as a reference. If a Bitcoin miner is trading at 10 times earnings and because Bitcoin miners are cash flow companies that that's all they do, they just cash flow. They're not going to trade that much higher than that. But let's just say they're trading at 10 times earnings. If the price of Bitcoin comes down, that meaningfully impacts their earnings. But the difference is the multiple, right, has to be multiplied by those earnings, right? And so you lose more money. The comp the, the value of that company gets hit more than 10%. So, so if Bitcoin comes down 10%, that's the value of that company is going to come down by more than 20%. However, if Bitcoin goes up by 20%, your fixed costs and for the most part, your variable costs don't go up. Okay. So your earnings go up almost in sync with the value of Bitcoin, but, but you're in getting- in an accelerated manner. And we've seen that this year. Yes, because you know why guys? Because now you can add machinery, you can add capacity at that higher gross margin rate, right? And that essentially, it gets extrapolated over your future earnings. So as Bitcoin goes up, you're making more money in the Bitcoin miner, theoretically, than you would in Bitcoin. If it goes down, you're losing more money. And at a certain point, the company starts losing money and is at risk of going into bankruptcy, right? So Bitcoin goes down to seven bucks, excuse me, 7,000, right? If you have Bitcoin, you lost two thirds of your value. If you have a Bitcoin miner, you might lose it all because at 7,000, they might not make, Bitcoin might not be profitable enough with the way they're structured, with the debt that they have to pay off, right? Because yeah. there's all these other elements to a mining company. They usually have debt, right? They have equipment that's breaking. They have infrastructure costs and lease space costs. And They're electricity just usage. Just literally, the cost of electricity is a constant for like cranking through these algorithms. And if the value of the algorithm drops, you may not be even making money. You, you're probably losing money if, you've, if you're spending this much uh, per minute to do the math. Electricity price goes up, Dave, and you get screwed. Also, uh, you have management costs. Also, speaking of management costs, I'm just going to put it out there. I've taken a look at some of these Bitcoin miners, it, there's they're not the cleanest management teams always. Okay, so like again, the, these management teams are often people that were in this fast money game, right? And it's they're managing companies in crypto. Like who? It makes the whole thing makes me very nervous. Like these aren't companies I want to have massive. Well, massive look, I mean, they're not they're not these big operational. Com they don't they don't have the same issues that most companies have. I mean, really, all they're doing is like pulling together a ton of GPU hardware, right? And like trying to figure out how to operate that at scale. And that's about it, right? I mean, it's, it seems like a pretty tight operation. And we've seen, you know, like we were talking about the uh, the stock value pretty much goes in sync with the value of Bitcoin. And if we just look at, this is just one of them, Riot Blockchain in green versus the uh, value of Bitcoin compared to the US dollar. You can see that as Bitcoin has ramped up, uh, I think this is like a one year or year to date chart, 215%. Riot 
Riot has kind of done the same thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, another by the chart. way, pe this is a people marathon. Are mentioning, people are mentioning regulatory risk. Obviously, massive regulatory risk, right? And and in fact, the regulatory environment for crypto is so unstable. There's really no basis to really make a good prediction on where it's headed, positively or negatively. So it's just. But that I think more than anything else is you know if you, if you looked at that, it's probably more of a positive than a negative because there's a lot of hesitancy around crypto because of the uncertainties around regulation. The truth is if regulation happens and it's not as bad as we fear, then it could be a net positive. But listen, they, they might call regulation might close down all private, right? All private wallets for crypto. And if they do that, all of a sudden a massive portion of the crypto world kind of disappears. It makes it really difficult because now everything is trackable, right? At the same time, you could make a case that long term, that's potentially a good thing for crypto, right? A good thing for Bitcoin. And listen, get 10 people in a room and they'll probably argue about that all day. I've seen people on crypto forums arguing about that exact subject matter. Bottom line, there's tremendous, tremendous risk involved with anything that touches crypto. We all know that. The question for today's episode is, if you're like us and you're wanting to figure out what your crypto kind of presence is and how you are in the space, do we think about miners or do we just think about the coin, which is what we've been doing up to date? And the reason why we're posing this question today is, you know, a very close friend of ours, someone that he is close with, is heavily involved with a private company that start really came together just this year. Uh, they raised tens of millions of dollars and acquired a handful of mining operations, and they have been growing those mining operations for the past seven or eight months. And obviously, the timing, they got a little lucky, okay? Uh, they are now going to roll up this operation and IPO it uh, in Canada, probably in three to four months, uh, hopefully go for a co-listing shortly after on the NASDAQ. This company, in terms of a mining, Bitcoin mining operation, is arguably the largest in the country, okay? Uh, they're right there. They're right there with Rob. Riot, they're actually, in some aspects, larger than Riot. And we won't speak to the name of the people involved or name of the company because it's a private transaction. But, you know, we have an opportunity to invest in this uh, transaction. They're raising eight figures as part of the pre-IPO last fundraising round to pay off debt that they have so they can be a debt-free company going into the IPO process. And the concept here is that based on the way that the public markets are valuing crypto um, mining companies that they would get almost an instantaneous three to four X markup as soon as they were able to go public. So, you know, the upside for us is taking a risk on this mining company, assuming that Bitcoin price stabilizes right around this range for the next four to five months, they're able to go public. We might have a shot at like a three, four X or if nothing else, just the difference between a private company, Bitcoin mining operation, that's massive. And that company being being on the public market. So well, it's, it's longer a deal. than four months, Chris. I mean, we've got to wait six months after they list to be able to sell the shares, right? So we're talking, we need Bitcoin to really be stable for like a year, either yes. stable or, you know, growing. Which brings yeah. me to a poll that I saw in our Discord community. And I'd like to draw some attention to that. And uh, if you guys are a part of our Discord, go find this. I'll, I'll put it down in the uh, live chat. But this 
Actually, uh, this is um, just a poll. Beverly Bull posted, where do you think Bitcoin will be in three years? Is it going to zero? Is it going to go to 100,000 or more? Vote by tapping on the emojis that is in the, uh, the polls channel of our Discord. If you aren't a member, you can go to discord.tv slash discord to be invited. And then if you look about uh, 30 seconds ago, I posted the link because of the delays with the internet. You'll uh, see a link to this particular poll. Go vote and we'll uh, we'll be checking in on that throughout the show. And and Dave, people are asking, you know, Stephen Malik, are are they profitable? So yeah, we'll we'll kind of go over that. The company we're looking at, what's so interesting is they are producing more Bitcoin than Riot, okay? They however, this company is profitable. Uh also in addition to producing more Bitcoin than Riot and being profitable and I think having really high hash rates. I I go look at that hash rate chart Dave that they yeah. provided us. Hash rate, I guess, is the degree to which they're able to produce Bitcoin, right, with the machinery that they have. This company uh, has a close deal with, uh, what is the Bitcoin manufacturer, the, the machine company, Bit something, Bit, uh, it's, in, it's someone, Bitman, uh, yeah, Bitmain. Um, so they have a close relationship and they actually are right neck and neck with Riot in terms of how much, how many machines uh, they have ordered for 2021. So this company is going to have well over 20,000 mining machines uh, next year uh, at, you know, what appears to be a better hash rate um, and a more profitable model the way they're set up. Yeah, Chris, we're... Just, just so you know, the uh, the document that uh, you're talking about was marked strictly private and confidential, so I won't be showing that on the screen. No. But um, <laughs> And I don't even know if we can talk about hash rates. We can tell you what the uh, the competing company's hash rates are, and I can yeah, tell you that theirs is higher. Yeah, for this company specifically, yeah. yeah. But their hash, their hash rate is higher than a lot of the competing companies including Riot, Hive, and Marathon. Yeah. So so the question the question for us is um, there's a few things going on here. On paper, on paper, if we're willing to live with having exposure to Bitcoin and if we had confidence that the Bitcoin market were to stabilize or be better than stable, right, on the upside for the next, as Jordan said, what, 10, 10 to 12 months potentially? If we had that confidence, uh, potentially this would be a slam dunk investment for us because they appear to have best-in-class relationships, best-in-class infrastructure, um, they're profitable, and we get that natural lift from a, being a private company to a public company, which is like a bonus, right? So like that's like a three to four X bonus that we get, even if everything is just status quo, if everything just sidelines for the next year. Um, sideline, it either goes up or down, right? And so that's what you got to well, figure out. What's it do from you here? You have to uh, pretty Not much it can go up and down, but ultimately average out to about where it is now, right? So I'm just saying. Yeah, I just wouldn't want to be anything. in something that you're waiting for it to average out because it just went to 25 and now it's gone down to 10 and now you're just waiting for the average. I, I have no idea. And, and I think I think that for me is kind of, I don't know. it's the sticking point because this is unlike Bitcoin, where if you just get nervous and think Bitcoin is falling apart, you can hit the sell button and get out. This is a large capital contribution to a company that is buying equipment that you're not going to ever get that money back. The only money you're going to get back is if they go public, raise money, have a funding event that then pays their investors back. So it's really, it's we're locked up 
But Dave, Waiting. I'm locked up. It, my, whatever money I have in crypto and Bitcoin in general, in my mind, I'm locked up anyway. I am not going to sell. If Bitcoin goes down to 10,000 tomorrow, unless there's something that I'm seeing that I think is just the end of Bitcoin, like I'm not going, I'm not trading this. I'm not trading no. Bitcoin. I'm not trying to get in and out of it. For me, it's a tiny piece of my overall portfolio that I'm going to ride. So the question for today's episode is instead of just riding Bitcoin, if I know that's my stance am i better off having a portion of my bitcoin allocation being in this miner in addition to bitcoin because listen i'm i'm in it for the next year i don't care if it goes to 10 for a month then back to 30 for a month like that that's not going to impact i'm not going to trade in and out of it anyway so my question for and i I still haven't talked to the founder of this company but is why have some of these public companies done well at the beginning and over long periods of time ended up not doing well right because the having Dave that it, 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 so, it, the bat, that drop was the Bitcoin having right that that we we know we we're talking earlier Dave it looks like the next time Bitcoin halves is what 2024 so that's not going to come into play next year and yeah I mean if Bitcoin were to half next year then our company's revenue literally gets cut in half right and that's what happened to those miners earlier this year you would by the way you would have think that that would have been kind of expected by the industry I would sector think so. we would have seen that and, and the reality is, though, look look at this. I just pulled up a uh, five-year chart for this is uh, Marathon. Um, and the halving happened, I believe, in May of this year. So you can see that uh, it didn't really... I, am I right that it happened in May? Because I don't see a giant drop in Bitcoin. And I, you know... So the Marathon concept there is that they're having to do twice the amount of computation for to the get same the same amount of reward. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's, it, you know, David Edwards makes a great comment. Obviously, the hash rate continues to climb and that's something that is obviously going to impact every miner uh that is so that's baked in the financials that that, that we've been analyzing for this company and we understand that uh listen there are outside of a, an accounting um issue with that which is like you know you just you know that your costs are going to be going up i also just don't like it from just like it's like humanity right it's just like we're just burning all this electricity to calculate for Bitcoin and it's just not efficient. It's not it's not an efficient system. That's what I don't understand about the whole thing. Why why yeah. do you make it so inefficient? Yeah, it's but but Jordan inefficient. I mean, that- well, that's it, a conversation it, that if you start, you won't end that conversation for another five years, and you could just live inside of Bitcoin uh, crypto forums having that debate. I don't you're care. Right. It's like, like you're just burning electricity for no reason, and it just doesn't. That's it happening. Bothers it bothers you me. You can't control it. It's good. I don't happen. care. Like I, it just that bothers me about it, and I don't. I don't like it. And okay, I but, like you, but you say for nothing. But you say in the long term, it just doesn't make sense, anyways. Especially like you know, once you go out to where you know what? What about when most of the Bitcoin are already mined and it becomes so expensive to, to compute all those hashes that it's like, what what's in it for these companies at that point? Unless they, you start charging more fees for transactions, um, which is, I guess, what will happen. Well, first uh, of all, these companies don't have to have ongoing revenue beyond a few years to kind of hit what their valuations are, right? So so I think well, it's... Stock, I mean, but the stock will start to reflect that, right? I mean, once you see that run weight and revenue start to... Once you know what, the, what that end looks like, then... 
Of course. Well, listen, like I said, that takes care of itself in time. I mean, I'm not looking for a five-year hold. I'm talking about right. over the next year, right? Is it a better trade to play Bitcoin in the next year than Bitcoin? But And by the way, I think a lot of people would make an argument, Jordan, that the energy being burned uh, is, is, is an important interim step to, to, the, to the evolution of crypto and digital currencies. And that, yes, in the short run, it seems ridiculous, <clears throat> but it's just this painful step to figure out the space over time, right? And over time, they'll become more energy efficient crypto, cryptocurrency, digital currencies. Yeah, and somebody just asked me about the freedom from fiat currency as a benefit for humanity. And I'm like, I guess. I mean, but the problem is that's not what money is, right? So people think that money is a medium of exchange, but it's really an obligation to a government, right? And so that's what that's how money has historically been formed um, as an obligation to a government. And so that's where, you know, we have to see how governments are going to respond to this thing over time as they start to realize like what money is and what this is doing to money. Um, I think it's more complicated than a lot of people think. It's definitely more complicated, but would you not agree that, you know, governments are controlled by people and more and more people at every stage of our economy and society are embracing this concept, Jordan, from some of the smartest venture capitalists to people in government to some of the smartest technologists in the world. Now, I know there's equally smart people on the other end of the spectrum, right, that think the same way you think. But I'm just saying every single day, it appears there appears to be more credibility and more credible people who have achieved a amazing things and have amazing wealth and have amazing power who are embracing this. Now, I'm not saying they're all embracing it, but but it's going more in that direction. So I guess I'm more convinced today than I was two years ago that there's a long that there's long term viability somewhere in this space. I don't know what it looks like or how it plays out. And I certainly am not saying that it will get there. But I think there's more, not less. And if we continue along that kind of line, you know, if we continue along that road, I feel like all everything connected to this space a year from now has is more likely to be more valuable than less value, right? And that's why I kind of want to have some presence. And so for me, it's not a matter of do I have exposure to this world? So I've already made that decision. I just want to know: do I stick a hunt? Does a hundred percent of my presence in this space an allocation in coin, or do I split it up to where it's like eighty percent coin and twenty percent miners? And maybe it'll be this private part of that will be this private miner that we have just for the next year, right? I'm not talking about two, three years out, just for the next six to 12 months. And what this private miner does is gives that exposure at a very critical time in one company's journey to crank out Bitcoin. And I think that, that that's the thing that is interesting to me about it is getting in pre-IPO, having hopefully a multiplier booster just from it hitting the public markets. I believe it would probably be listed in Canada first, but then maybe as a an ADR in the States. And as soon as it's basically as soon as Robinhood investors are able to invest in this company, I will be very much like I'm about Coinbase. Boy, I wish I had invested in that when it was available to me. I wish I had invested in Coinbase. If I I mean, I wouldn't even be considering this investment if I had some Coinbase, right? Not necessarily. For me, they stand on their own. Like I said, I, I'm the thing I'm most interested here is kind of the private to public multiple expansion, right? If they can That's pull fair. that off. Yep. But uh, I do want to- And as soon as Robinhood. Ro I need I need Robinhood investors to have access to that because that's yeah. that's what that's what's going to make this exciting for me. So by the way, on, since we're on that subject, Dave, we should kind of ask the community. It looks like we might have
have an opportunity to invest in Coinbase at about a 12. We're waiting on a valuation, potentially $12 billion. Uh, the last time they the last raised money, was in 2018. Yeah, in 2018, uh, and it was a an $8 billion valuation, I believe. And so yeah, now this 12 would be, to this me- would be like a big allocation, guys. We'd have to invest a quarter of a million to half a million. That's kind of the range that we've been told that we'd have to come in at to, to get that allocation. What do you guys think? I mean, just just on, the, we'd love to hear your opinions. Um, should we give seriously serious consideration to throwing money into Coinbase right now? We all know that they're preparing an IPO next year. I kind of I feel like that has to be a hot IPO, right? If Bitcoin is strong still. I would so, say so. And as we're, as we're polling the community, that uh, question we had earlier, we have a lot more responses now. And it does look like uh, most people are looking at 50,000, most popular answer there. And yeah. then the 10 to uh, ten to 25 uh, range also. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, look All at right, that. So- 11 people think it's going to go to $100,000. <laughs> and in the comments, I have more yeses than nos, but a reasonable number of nos for, for Coinbase, Dave. But yeah, I, I think definitely. It seems like we're at like 75, 25, yes to no, that we should go in on the Coinbase uh, investment. Uh, Their custody is massive. Institutional investors will be using Coinbase for Bitcoin management. It will be hot. Non-meme brokerages will figure out how to do it better. Potentially less risk on the Coinbase investment. But a $12 yeah, billion dollar valuation compared to what, $200 million in this? Uh... Uh, we, yeah, I don't even want to get into yeah, too much, r- roughly. Yeah. All games all together, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, I, I just know that the other ones are, you know, $500 million. Yeah, the uh, the public company. They're all they're five hundred million. Like like Riot was that that's kind of where yeah, I was basing my six yeah. seven hundred million. I think Jordan is like is like Riot. So, so they, that, that's Riot is six seventy eight market cap right now. But that's after a huge run up in the past yeah. month. What the run the run up is directly correlated to just the, the pricing of Bitcoin. Okay, and yeah. th- that's the bottom line. So so it's not like the stock has run up. They're that's gonna if Bitcoin goes up another ten bucks, they're gonna go up substantially again. Um, the difference is we get that expansion in investing pre-IPO. We get like a, at least a 3X-ish expansion um, when this goes public. So, so I don't is know. There, I like I, I and I'm have... Googling right now, is there a, uh, a leveraged Bitcoin ETF or futures or some way to basically do a leveraged play on betting that Bitcoin is going to go up and, and not have to, to lock that. your money up bet. into a uh, mining operation? I don't want to bet that Bitcoin's going up. I have I feel comfortable that Bitcoin is going to stay in at least in this 15,000 plus range. And that's just a gut instinct, right? I feel that's a reasonable expectation for the next year. And I think a lot of this company had kind of pinned a lot of their metrics to eight in 18,000 Bitcoin, right? And so at that 18,000 Bitcoin, the numbers look really, really good, like exceptionally good for this company that we're, this mining company we're looking at. I know people have gotten destroyed by mining companies in the past. And listen, guys. Well, I think it's a different landscape right now because you've got big companies going in and buying a lot of Bitcoin right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a different, I mean, I mean, you know, it's just, that's it's why, a, you know, not, you know, it's, it's not the same as it was last time, as much as you hate to say that it's, it's literally not the same. It's more institutional. It's uh, you got square going in PayPal. Um, I've heard mass mutual was buying some, like it's t- totally crazy. It's it, it, it is, it is wild. But again, George, if Bitcoin goes down to 10,000, we're screwed. We're screwed. If we invest in this miner, that's all there is to it. Right. Like that's, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you just think 
of it as a spectrum of uh, startup investments that we've been involved with. It right. isn't any more high risk than, do we, we, do we talk about the one that went out of business uh, and took all of our money six months after we uh, invested? Which one, WeWork or the uh, smaller one? No, no, the way smaller one, the one that we uh, talked about on the channel. What was that yeah. one called? Um, are you talking about the one that did uh, like game day? The game day stuff, yeah. Yeah, like uh, tailgate party, like, block block party. Block party block, oh, we should block have invested party. in blockchain instead of block party. Who knew? Should have. Who should knew? Have. Um, okay, so guys, I like that guy. He's a good guy. He is, and if you want, go to our original uh, Dumb Money channel. We have a whole episode following up on this uh, this investment that basically went to zero within yeah. a couple of months. He'll do that. Um, so, I mean, if your way, Bitcoin investment does the same, it's not that big of a difference. Uh, I want to talk about that uh, gift. You know, I don't like nice things. Generally, I talked. I said I was going to reveal it on this show. I. Uh, you know, I, I I met with our friend Jordan who you watches the show. Parking lot deal. Just tell you know it was so, the shady it was so, liquor deal. So yeah, so so it was cold and raining, and uh, one of our uh, community members who just happens to be a, a good friend of ours uh, was willing to sell me his Tesla tequila unopened, <laughs> still in the box. My old roommate. Right? And, yeah, your old roommate Jordan. Yeah. So here's the best part: he shows up in a parking lot in his Tesla. Right, he pulls up in his Tesla and. And he displays this for me and tells me that from watching the show this year, he is up like almost 3x in his total portfolio, which is just absolutely insane. What a year. Uh, he's driving a nice Tesla and, you know, I bought it. And let me tell you guys, again, I don't really like nice things, but I am in love with this tequila bottle. Like it, it's it is maybe the coolest thing. Dave, you've already Even the you packaging already is the amazing. Show. Yeah, the, the box it comes in. Uh, I have the bottle right here on my shelf. There it is. There it is. Um, I can't wait to display this uh, in my bar and just kind of, you know, I love tequila. It's it, that I'm a goat. Tequila is my go-to, right? And I absolutely love that I now have the world's coolest tequila bottle. And it's such a cool thing when you're having people over. Like, it's. Have you ever seen a bottle that when you're holding it, Dave, that is that insane? It's, it's really, it's remarkable. Yeah. How how come nobody else can think this? It, it doesn't even come off on tape, I don't think, even no. remotely it, as nice as it has its it own stand, this metal stand. That weighs like a five bolt. pounds stand itself, right? I mean, it is so nice, guys. If you, Hold on. I mean, if you, breaking news. Breaking yeah. news. For some reason that I don't know, my favorite vaccine trade, Citigroup, is up oh, like 5% after hours for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I don't that know. Is so <laughs> that is so random. It's so random. Oh, you, know, you know they'll have Tesla whiskey. People are like, oh, Tesla whiskey. They'll, they'll do. I could see them doing this every year or something like this. Now, I, Chris, I, did I you get a silver no, they didn't. There was no silver. I, I, that's Thank what I thought. This is the only one that was available when I bought mine. Yeah. Um, no, I got the same one that you got, and I haven't had it yet. I will have it. Um, but guys, if, if any of y'all, if you buy it over eBay, they supposedly have to empty the bottle before they can ship it to you. Yeah. So, so uh, well, you can't, or you have to have somebody like because we get wine shipments all the time. You have to have somebody sign for it. Uh, <laughs> well, you were supposed to have you. to uh, sign for this, and my first shipment, I actually did have to sign for. The second one was just sitting on my porch really must have gotten busy yep a lot of times they'll like since we've got a pandemic going on they'll let us just kind of like wave from the door and be like yeah. you know we're you know there's a sticker on it that says you must sign for this but uh I, by the I way Dave, on my porch. the tequila inside of that is nasotros tequila which is a california based company it's supposedly a really nice tequila it's like a 50 dollars bottle of tequila so it's not total crap like Wait, the so actual a $50 bottle of tequila that you paid how much for uh, 250 uh, 
you, you probably that. in the aftermarket aftermarket you had to uh yeah. <laughs> fifty dollar bottle of tequila. Yeah. But listen, you know what the best part is, Jordan? After I'm done with that tequila, I can refill that bottle and I will in perpetuity. You know like what's that bottle the bottle alone. When you were in college and like you'd always have like your bot like the bottles that you drank like up, like you display them and stuff. Like I, I just feel that's, like that's this what's is happening here. so yeah. weird. <laughs> we don't display bottles of liquor in our house. I don't I don't know what your house is like. Well, I have, have a full bar. exposed bar, yeah. So I have yeah, a lot of liquor out. Are you are you ripping on me for having yeah. some exposed liquor in the bar? <laughs> we have a little thing in the bar. Okay, let me tell you. In the seventies, they would have drink carts in houses that were always fully exposed. Right? I still have a drink cart. I have a seventies drink cart down in my hallway to, to like to show is important to our children. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any kids, so it makes it easier. Yeah. No judge. You get the bachelor pad, no big deal. You got the bar out, but like that's you know, we got we got little kids here. Okay, just so you know, our our bar is like a little silver tray with a few things on and it. Now he's downplaying it. Are you kidding? Yeah. No, you have a giant built-in bar. You may also have a silver tray, but like no, I have no, a, I have three to four different bars in this house. But there's no alcohol displayed on the bar other than the little silver tray with some bottles on it. That's it. I'm trying to figure out what happened after hours. Um, oh, so uh, so SP just told me he said the Fed is allowing banks to continue stock buybacks. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Um, that's a big deal, actually. Yeah, Wells Fargo, I think, still can't. Maybe um, I'd have to look at their share price to see if they're reacting. Because they're just, in, I mean, they've got so many there are so many regulations on them. But City's not as tight, I don't think. And here's the S and P 500. Uh, right here is the dividing line for before and after market hours. Oh, are we rocketing up? It's uh, it's rocketed up after yeah, hours. But, but Jordan, S&P. that could be the banks alone are such a big yeah. part of the S and P. They're just yeah. big taking up the S and P. So um, it's still it's still positive news for the overall market. But I don't have any bank stocks other than uh, Square as close as I have to a bank stock. So yeah, I missed that on Square. I've got PayPal instead, and it's done it's done almost as well as Square. Maybe like half as well. Yeah. So okay, so guys, we have a phone call right after today's show uh, with the kind of the key investor advisor for this for this data mining, data mining <laughs> for this Bitcoin mining company, so we can ask them any questions, guys. If you have any questions that we should be asking, if you would mind, throw them in the comments. Anything that you would ask prior to making an investment like this, we'd really appreciate. And we'll report back to you guys on Monday as to whether or not we decide to make this investment, or which of us decide to make this investment. And once we make it, hell, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys in the loop. Um, but yeah, if there's a question, specific question you would ask, like Lee. Leon was like, make them send you a video of the operations. You can make sure it's real, not just a photograph of video. So you can't you can't trust anybody in this space, quite honestly. You really that can't. Worries me. <laughs> it's just you know, it's part of the risk profile. And Jordan, that's part of the reason, Jordan, why companies that are private traded a lower, lower multiple because right. there's a lot more yeah, risk about them more being fraudulent on the on the public yeah. Days, yeah. And so people are like it's not just automatic, guys. It's not you just don't get a double a two x, three x, four x multiple just because you're public, there's a lot of scrutiny, right? To get to be able to market your securities to a larger investor base in the public markets that include unaccredited investors. Um, and if the company makes it to that point, they're more legitimate, more not legitimate, 
on average more legitimate, right? <laughs> there's more there's more uh, insight into their accounting, you know. Yeah. So that's you know the, what? The one way to get around that though, Jordan, is if you're a company that has no revenue, doesn't even plan to have any revenue for a while and just works off a bunch of sketches of stuff that you want to create <laughs> in the future. <laughs> bypass then, then you can go public without because any that's all he cares about your accounting, but if you don't have any accounting, if you're literally just yeah. spending money, then there's nothing to nothing to lie about. <laughs> oh, oh wait, what's on the man. screen? Oh great, unintentional. How is my Nicholas Short going this week? I haven't <laughs> even really checked that. Uh, it was going reasonable. That's 17 still. Darn Nicola, man. It shot it up just here. won't drop. Just won't drop. It's the only short position I have right now. I think I might have a the tiniest bit of Kodak still short. They're like the tiniest bit. All right. Uh, what else? Do you want to do a little any Q&A here, guys? Like we're done with our crypto talk. We have, uh, so we have a bunch of uh, things that we can talk about from our Discord, actually. Great. Thank you guys for uh, being a part of Discord. But uh, from our merch ideas and share channel, I, I just love, but I, Chris and I did not plan this. We are both wearing the um, the 2020 stock chart uh, shirt, completely unplanned. And uh, check this out. Hey girl, hey, wearing the uh, hat version of this uh, shirt. Nice. Isn't that awesome? And it's a good look. She says it's dope. And I agree. I have this hat too. I wore it last weekend and I love this hat. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for sending in the picture. If you guys want to uh, take a picture of you wearing this stuff, share it with us. If you're in the Discord, drop it in this uh, this uh, merch ideas and share channel. If you're not in Discord, tag it tag us on Instagram and we can repost it onto our Instagram account. That would be fun. Dave, do you have the black version? Uh, am I wearing like a charcoal gray version of the shirt and you're wearing black? Is that the difference here? Probably. Yeah, mine looks darker. Yeah, I feel like this is the I, dark. I, uh, I think that's the dark gray. Heather? I prefer yeah. the Heather. I think the Heather's nice. Do you, I'm Heather people. Can you see it up here? Like, I gotta, it's, it's pretty sweet. Like, I don't know if it looks good on tape, but I love it. Like, I put it on and second I saw it, I was like, it's actually a really nice shirt. These um, are, I love the quality of these shirts anyway. It's the, it's a Bella canvas. Yeah, they're uh, good. The Heather, the Heather has some, uh, some polyester mixed in to give it that look but yeah by the way guys um you know if you don't know about our merch store we set every, all of our pricing at cost so like we're not making money off it did i sell exactly. my tesla no i did not sell my tesla i sold the big lot i sold them one million of extra tesla yes i sold that uh early i sold like a week and a half ago but i kept my core tesla position which is like six seven hundred shares um and i'm keeping that for a while Anything else coming out of the Discord? So out of Discord, we have um, Shane uh, wrote a follow-up to our GoodRx versus uh, uh, Amazon Pharmacy. What many people don't know about CVS is that they are more vertically integrated than you think. They own a PBM and bought a payer, Aetna, in, in tw uh, 2018. They only make 25% of their revenue from the CVS stores. They uh, took on a lot of debt in 2018 to buy Aetna, and their low PE basically reflects that in their earnings. So while they pay down that debt if they can get they a revenue boost. Yeah, that? Chase had that in his deck. I think Chase had that in his presentation. And over that. That's, yeah, no, and, and I actually posted uh, the deck that integrated. Chase presented to the Discord as well. Hmm. So if you're if you're not in Discord, you're you're missing everything. Um, in the fintech channel, we had a uh, 
this isn't me, Tesla Dave, but that's a great screen name. You can't seem to fully, uh, uh, so this is uh, in relation to RKT, which is Rocket Mortgage. You can't seem to fully take off. Housing market is still booming. What other catalyst is needed? If this is the price action during a housing boom, I'm scared to see what happens if it slows down. Um, pull up, uh, pull up a uh, Mr. Cooper versus uh, Rocket to see who who was right in our uh, our little show that we did a couple months ago. Okay, so here is uh, uh, Rocket. By the way, here's a three month chart on Rocket. Let's see. And then let's put up a uh, is it Cooper, Mr. Cooper? C O P. Yeah, there we go. Feel like he's asking. Oh, Jordan, good call on that one. He's asking because he knew the answer. He knew the answer before you. Of course, he's. You, you. All right, fine. One time that value be, you know. You're right. I was on that one. Is there is there any way I can skew this chart so that you were wrong? I was no. wrong, but I also sold out of that rocket shortly after because I did not like that earnings, the way it reacted to that yeah, earnings totally. report. Like, there the there you go. Oh, yeah, go back to 2010. Chris, Chris was right uh, from, from IPO day, and like it looks like, when did they IPO? August 7th through uh, September 1st. So, yeah, for, we didn't talk about, for about 20 IPO days, then. Chris, you were doing great. You were right. No, no, we didn't talk about it then. Um, anyway, uh uh, here's here's a uh, question that uh, you might have an answer to, and if you don't, uh, someone in the Discord did. Uh, let's see. This is from Nick Mully. Is there a page or info on how to determine when we've reached information parity? My biggest we weakness as an investor is determining when to sell, which is a great question and something that comes up all the time. Yeah, it, it, it's not an exact science. Um, you know, information parity is not a, a, a binary event. Uh, when you start to see uh, more people in the investment community, either professionals referencing the information that you were trading in research reports or financial media stories, or uh, even retail investors discussing that thing, whatever that thing is that you thought was really impactful that the market was not understanding or realizing, when they start discussing that, as something that is helping the stock or hurting the stock, uh, even in retail channels or message boards, um, then you're starting to reach information parity. And, and when the company comes out and actually says, hey, this just happened and this is helping our sales, um, this is why we're up, and then you know you're at 100% information parity. So it, it's, it's not... It's not like a binary event, and it's something that takes a lot of practice, and you're constantly second-guessing yourself. Like, should I stay in? Should I stay out? A lot of times, for me, when I'm in a when I'm in a social arb trade that I think is starting to reach information parity, I'll just start exiting the position slowly. Right? I don't try to time it perfectly. Uh, as I, you know, I'll just exit. And sometimes I'm early, sometimes I'm late. It doesn't really matter, quite honestly. There's no perfect way to gauge it. There just isn't. I wish it was a simple, easy answer, but there's not. And if you're looking for even more on this, uh, TPA Thomas replied that uh, here's a video you should check out. And this this is a good uh, discussion about it when we had uh, Jack yeah. Schwager on, uh, author of Unknown Market Wizards, who... Uh did, you, did anybody know that Chris is an unknown market wizard? He's literally an unknown market wizard. If now you've never I'm heard known. that, you clearly haven't watched enough of our shows because I feel like... Uh, now I'm known. Yeah, get Jack's book. I think I forget. Cha I'm chapter eight or something like that. I don't know. I'm one of five unknown market equity wizards in the book. The others are all like commodity guys and stuff like that. By the way, someone's talking about Vital Farms. I ate those... Uh, remember I told you they have those packaged, pre-cooked like egg scrambles with bacon and onions in them. Any good? My wife liked them. I had them this week. 
they weren't bad, but I don't want them again. So like, but I'm I'm pretty particular. I, I I'll tell you this: they were way better than what I would anticipate. Pre-made egg in 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 a little container that you have to heat up in the microwave would taste like. But I still I'm real particular with that stuff. Like fresh eggs or nothing for me. In fact, I won't even eat eggs from most places. I gotta eat them from John's Cafe. It's the only eggs that are fluffy enough for me to eat. So, but I wasn't. You should a huge find fan. out where John gets his eggs. I need to really ask him that. I don't know I mean, what they do to those eggs to make them so light and fluffy. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The best. They just, they just use a beater. It's all good. They probably put some milk in them. Probably. They make it fluffy. Put some milk in there. Fluff some air in there. Yeah. Uh, one more from Discord. And by the way, thanks to our moderators for... Uh, we, we had a we had a really good call with them this afternoon. And uh, they're helping bring some of this stuff to our attention. So keep We're up We're going to try to get more organized going forward. Right, right. And by the way, guys, uh, real quick. Uh, if you have questions on want us to pull simply want us to pull like web traffic stats or you have specific questions, you can now kind of ask them in Discord. And the moderator is going to help aggregate that stuff, funnel it to us, and we're going to answer those questions on the show. Uh, and and you know we'll pull web traffic reports when we can on the show and share them with you. So thank you, mod dumb money mod community. If you you know best team ever, we really appreciate all the work they're doing. We're going to get more organized and and have a better experience on the show that's more aligned with our community. And finally, this is uh, from Discord uh, and something we might consider doing an episode on. Uh, apparently, um, we have BarkBox getting ready to... Uh IPO, but through a SPAC, and uh, this brought to uh, brought to our attention from Scott BDGE. How they did, did how, IPO, Dave. They SPAC it they? already. I thought. I thought it already happened. Didn't no, this it? this was uh, it, it was announced Thursday that they were going to go public after entering into a merger agreement with a special purpose acquisition company. But I thought the, the special acquisition company is already trading based on that. It's already trading. Yeah, all of them. Um, what do you think about that? That's what they do. They trade, and but until they uh, until they change the symbol, it's not the they haven't done the deal, right? Yeah, they're saying that, uh, that bark. it could, it it could bark. become Bark, and it, only units available could move when it hits uh, Robinhood and Webull. Direct-to-consumer um, brand, if they have a subscription, Bark eats $1.6 billion market cap versus Chewy's $38 billion. Uh, they have 1.7 million followers on Instagram. Everybody knows Chewy. Chewy's the brand. Yeah. Yeah, but BarkBox is that, uh, isn't that where they send you like a toy a month or something? Like, yeah. Like the old oh, okay. Birch, birch box and shoe of the month and I don't know it could be fix big. kind of program it Maybe. could be really I mean, big time for it everybody everybody and their dog is getting a dog like I've said but uh, I know Chewy is a great company they love their customers they I mean they remind me of like a Zappos back in the day yeah, yeah. I'm a Chewy Chewy's, customer Chewy's yeah. probably Chewy might be my biggest miss of the year for me like yeah it's totally. right up there right up there yeah. not not getting in Chewy early um Chris what time is our uh, call this afternoon. Guys, people are asking about Gap. I want to let everyone know I, I'm really proud of that call. I, listen, Howard, that was our Howard Lindzen show when I was talking about getting into the – I had just gotten into the Gap that week. The second they announced the Yeezy collab, I got in at like – I think it's like 11-something a share in the Gap. I am still in it. I have not sold out. I'm really proud of that trade. Gap is trading at 2021. It's almost doubled in the last couple months since making that trade. it has fallen and, from its high of uh, around – 27. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it, it's gone on quite quite a move, but I'm still in. I have not sold out yet. Uh, looking, looking coffee, guys. I'm not following looking coffee after the whole disaster, the PR disaster with the accounting discrepancy in China. It's just not a name that's really on my radar right now, so I can't speak about it. Uh, let's see. 
Well, maybe it should be on your radar. Look what happened on this chart. I know, but like, I don't know why, or I don't, it's just, you know, I don't want to comment on it. Chinese stocks, man, they're insane. Absolutely insane. What else? Anything, guys. Palantir? People are asking about Palantir again. My neighbor texted me and said that he got into no. Palantir today. No. I don't know. I know nothing about it still. It's down 4% today. But, I'm uh, just... More. I'm, I'm not touching it. I feel I'm like not, Palantir's that company that all three of us are just like, it's just so much work to try to figure out if we want to be in it. It's just not even worth it. Yeah. I'm sure it's a... I'm sure it's going to make people a lot of money. My but. neighbor... Well, I don't know, Dave. It's great. a massive... It really interests me to... I've got to figure out why he's getting into it because he puts some thought behind everything. Well, why don't you find out? It's a yeah, massive... I'll text, I'll text him later. People massive, are asking us about uh, mind massive, med. The massive institutionalized, uh, you know, enterprise data company that almost exclusively services government, right? So they have not been profitable. Uh, it's a super bloated company. I don't know. Maybe the future's all ahead of them. Maybe if you kind of go forward 10 years, all world governments are so intertwined with massive data projects. Palantir kind of is the king in that space and they cross over multiple governments. So, you know, who knows? Maybe Palantir, maybe we're missing something. I, I just haven't had spent the time to look into it. By the way, one thing that is interesting, I know Palantir is behind a lot of the COVID uh, distribution of the vaccine uh, and the monitoring of that vaccine for the US government. So they kind of have their fingers everywhere. When it comes to government projects. Anything else, guys? People were asking about MindMed. You bought that, uh, right, Chris? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I have, yeah, I'm in, I'm in all those stocks. What can CMPS. you say, right? The entire ARB trade on that was, you know, knowing that it was going to, at some point, really capture the attention of, you know, the newbie newbie investor base, and it has. How long will it last? How big will it get? Are we going to get more positive news next year? I still think that the, the, the we're in a cycle with a lot of these psychedelic, uh, you know, medicinal companies where the result are more likely to be positive than negative that we get in the next year. So if you look at the studies, if you look at the small data that we can read, it's really, really strong. Um, and I think we're not going to get any phase three approvals in the next year, but we will get kind of interim reports. And I have a feeling those interim reports are likely to be positive. And because of that, I want to stay in these stocks. I don't know if I'm going to hold them through phase three approval. I don't know if I want that risk, but I feel like 2020, 21 to me is a year that we get a lot more of the same, meaning we have more newbie investors, which is the greatest thing in the world. We have more investors coming in the market. They want to invest into things that they know, that they understand, that they're intrigued by, that are exciting, things that kind of define the future of where they think the world is headed, right? EV, green energy, uh, alternative, you know, alternative uh, medicines for depression and various things that they think are really key. So I think, you know, Canada cannabis, uh, all that stuff, right? Like, I think there's a massive tailwind there. There just is. And so, yeah, I'm holding it for now. I don't know in two years if I'm going to hold those stocks, but I don't see myself selling them in the next few months either. People are asking about Freddie Mac, and I, I thought that I heard Freddie Mac in the news recently. What's what's going on with them? <laughs> I have no <laughs> so, like, Some big fund was getting into them, I, I think. Like, maybe, um, uh, wasn't it, uh, was it your favorite, was it your favorite uh, hedge fund guy? How does how does Freddie Mac work? Is that a stock? It looks like Bill you know, Ackman is, is, is. Yeah, I think it was like Ackman or somebody. Somebody did like that. No, no. Freddie oh. Mac's back. 
I guess. I don't know anything about it. I know nothing. I, I saw a headline about Freddie Mac the other day. I don't remember who was getting into it, but somebody was pumping it. I don't remember. Well, I'm sure so. about 10 seconds from now, we'll have someone telling why. Yeah, somebody need to somebody know in the chat will tell us. <laughs> yeah, here we go. La, 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 says uh, Bill Ackman likes Freddie Mac. I don't know why. I'll take a look at it. Yeah, we'll look at it. I'll, I'll take a look at what he's saying about it. Up for Bill. I'll take a look at what he's saying about it. Um, yeah. I saw something else here that I did want to comment on. So I'm seeing stories dating back to uh, April, where he's commenting on Freddie Mae, Freddie Mac. Um, November 15th, he buys big steak in Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Such dumb stuff. Well, what you know why? It? Maybe he likes them because... Right? Weren't they like pseudo-government entities that got spun out and then... Yeah, no, th those are potentially... Uh, maybe he's. it's a Biden trade for him, Jordan. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It seems like that would be a really strong Biden trade, uh, I think, at least. Yeah. Very possible. Let's see. Oh, CNN's doing a show on psychedelic healing this weekend. You see, I think we're going to see a lot more of it. I feel like this next year, it's just going to be a lot of like mainstream media buzz on psychedelic healing. More people coming into the market that that want to touch those, you know, those sectors. I like it, even though it's spun out of control. Listen, if I start looking at that sector as like a as like a fundamental investor, I'll freak out and sell everything because they're kind of overvalued by any metric. That doesn't. Sorry. All the psychedelic stocks, they seem overvalued to me. If you if you view them as a fundamental investor, which I don't, I don't care about that. I don't think the people that are coming into the market the next year are going to be, you know, evaluating these these companies on fundamentals. Well, they don't have any fundamentals for a while, so isn't that the greatest? Yeah. Exactly. What they, they have? They, you just put they, these, they, that can. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it's true. Yeah. Ridiculous, true. What kind of wine are you drinking, Jordan? Uh, I've got a nice petite Syrah. Nice. Because. Uh, that's top two for me. So I'm Zinfandels are my number one. And then I go for the Syrahs and, uh, you know. Um, by the way, on today's episode, the, 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 the high level topic that we haven't been discussing in a while, but, but the whole crypto versus or Bitcoin versus Bitcoin mining, I do want to note that uh, in our Discord, one of the most recent high conviction uh, reports was on a Bitcoin mining company, symbol C-A-N, uh, pull the name. It was, a, it was a pretty small, tight report, but if anyone has interest in the space, Canan, uh, it's, a can, it's Canadian stock, but uh, worth, worth looking into. All right, man. That's it. What do you say we start our weekend? Don't we have this a phone like, call? Well, uh, Why do you schedule no, a Friday afternoon phone call for us, first of all? Uh, it's on this invest. It's like a 10-minute call. To, for you, you said you want to ask questions on this deal. So we can hop on the phone real quick, ask our questions, and get off. It's, it only goes as long as we want it to go. I only have a couple questions I want to ask. Um, next week, I want to go over this. We have, I think we're going to do an episode. We're definitely doing an episode next Wednesday. You guys got to set your notifications. We're going to have that 12-year-old kid, Zachary, from somewhere over in Europe, uh, on our show, 10 a.m. Central. That's 11 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday. He is a EV expert, guys. This is not just a 12-year-old like novelty investor. This kid, I have been told that he will go head-to-head -head with any EV analyst in the world, and he has really deep knowledge of the EV space. I've watched a few of his videos. He's quite impressive. He's 12 years old. Kind of blows my mind. We're going to have him on the show. We're going to drill him, okay? We're going to get... We're going to give him the hard questions, right? This is not going to be a puff piece next Wednesday. We're actually going to have a deep conversation about 
Alt EV, okay? We're gonna go into Helion, we're gonna go into Lordstown Motors, we're gonna dig into some of these Alt EVs because that this kid just thinks about this stuff every day and his perspective might be different than ours at age 12. I don't know, it's gonna be a really exciting show though. I can't wait. That's actually. on Wednesday, so definitely, and we have other things planned too next, right? Well, I all we also wanna do a show on our worst stock trade or miss of the year, whatever it was. It could have been a trade that we got out early. It could have been a missed opportunity. What is our number one regret of 2020? So guys, <laughs> let us know what's our number one regret of 2020. I have a, a small handful of them. I'm going to have to figure out what was the biggest regret. We'll go over all of our 2020 regrets during that episode next year. But more importantly, what did we learn from them, right? Like, what did we learn from the things we missed that will change what we do in 2021? Because I'm my mental state right now is focused on, can I repeat this year, next year? I don't think I can, but I'm going to try, right? Like, how do you do that? How do you repeat? Pete in 2021. I, I don't, we've never seen a year like this. So the idea of even attempting to repeat it just sounds impossible, but have to try. All have right. To try. So I will tell you one thing. I already told Dave this, Jordan, yesterday. I am going to make a concerted effort to get into some of these big pre-IPO companies right now, like in the next month. Uh, we're already in conversations. We're trying to locate shares of GOAT. Uh, we're, 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 uh, we're trying to locate shares of Coinbase, as we mentioned. Um, uh, we're trying to locate shares of any company we think is likely to potentially go public at some point in 2021. Specifically the ones and, that are already kind of the leader in what they do, right? Where there isn't yes. maybe a public company doing. Coinbase comes to mind, but that's that's no, the kind of company that I would like to be in right now. I totally, totally agree. Um, and what's the, uh, hold on here. There's a few other companies in that space along with GOAT. Uh, let's see, let me pull them up. StockX, of course, is another company. I think they're valued at $4 billion. I think GOAT's at $2.5 billion. But both GOAT and StockX, I think, are potentially going public at some point next year. And I want to own both of them. I want to own another company, though. As Tim uh, just pointed it, out, I think Discord just did a fundraising round. So that's a... I am not that... Am I crazy that I'm not interested in Discord? Well, am I'm I not biased in it either. Yeah. I'll bring it up. Like we have a Discord and I love our community, but I don't love the format of Discord. Like I feel like I feel like someone needs to come in and displace Discord with a better thing at some point. But who knows? Um, I do. You know what I do like yeah, though. Dumb money's gonna nuts? IPO in twenty twenty one. Am I nuts for, Thanks, for like desperately wanting to get into OnlyFans? I think that is a company. It's a cash cow company. They're a peripheral. They're they're an operator. They're a, they're a pass through technology entity. Is for... OnlyFans one of these that like the like the Instagram ladies get on and it's yeah it's like Twitter and Instagram anything yeah a anything where you want to have a premium service. So there's Patreon. I'm I'm gonna and tell you, Patreon and OnlyFans, I'm out. See, Patreon really? is different. I think Patreon is is a more legitimate uh, enterprise for creators who want to uh, activate their community and make money from them. 
out. OnlyFans seems to be just activating their community for other reasons. I'm out. Really? Do you, do you think? <laughs> do you really think it's? I, I mean, I think it's a blend. I, I think. I think it's a blend. I think OnlyFans is growing so big right now, guys. I, I get what you're saying that they kind of had a start in risque photo, you know, more risque photos than what would ordinarily be put out for free. It's just not I, my gig. I don't invest in stuff like that, so I'm I'm out. I won't do it. You guys can do it. I mean, I, I don't care. Yeah, no. I listen. I, I think you're missing where the, these platforms are going. Like these, I think these platforms are going to become major incentivization platforms across every single sector. Uh, I think they started at that sector because that sector kind of, you know, it was it was an obvious way to get people to pay a bit more for, you know, less. <laughs> pay more for less. <laughs> but but um, I think they're getting into every sector now. And I think that, I mean, I think they're really interesting platforms unless someone comes in and displaces them. You know, Patreon for sure, I think is doing a great job of kind of hammering down on a lot of the, like, you know, th- there are fintech guys on patreon that are charging you know a few bucks a month uh that are on tiktok for free and charging a few bucks a month uh for their patreon it seems like a lot of uh, like when you go to the only fan site i can't find a single like way to even do anything but log in uh on patreon site here's all the people using it podcasters video creators like nonprofits. they don't have yeah. any uh I don't know. I'm sure. No, they're just not highlighting that. It's 90% of their business, but they're is like, it? no, is look, it? Fine. we've got, we've got these. I think it used to be. It great. started out that way. I don't think it's, I don't <laughs> think that is anymore. I think that it, it, it became the mainstream, like, go-to for creators who look, need to I sell wrong, a subscription I plan. For, but I'm not interested. Okay, so Patreon, oh, yeah, see her. Gosh, they're making billions of dollars in payout. Um, I'll have to look. I can't. I can't say with confidence, Jordan, that you're wrong. But I'll. I'll do some I more. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. It just seems. I mean, you could be right. You could be right. I don't want to do it. You. You. You could be right. I'll pass on um, that. And do a bunch of the other ones. Chris, it does look like uh, Patreon does have shares available through one of the places that we commonly go through. If you, okay. If you want again. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let's talk about that after the episode. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, this was fun. I'm just going to take a quick stroll through my portfolio to see if there's anything else of interest I wanted to touch on before we let go. Oh, I will say I did make another trade this week. Uh, people have been asking me, Chris, have you doubled down on your recovery trades? And I'm like, I haven't doubled down, but I'm kind of slowly adding more. And I did add quite a bit of Spirit uh, through options this week. So I added a bunch of Spirit options. I think it was yesterday is when I added them and it didn't do great today. So whatever, it, it was been pretty much even all week. But yeah, I did add a bunch of spirit options uh, for the next four weeks, right? So we'll see how that goes. I think they expire the third Friday of January, and I, they're pretty much at the money options. My rationale there is not because I have high confidence that spirit is going to run the next month. I kind of wanted to do that and one up those options every month, the next three months. If I lose my money, it was like a low six-figure investment, about 100K. And it was just kind of my way of just adding to the rebound trade, to the recovery trade. It's going a little deeper and, in something you're already in. I didn't buy more, but totally yeah. it makes sense. Let's see what happens. All right, guys, we're out. Let's get on our phone call, guys. Have an awesome weekend. Dumb Money Community, we love you guys. Thank you. Uh, you Remember, you can listen on what? Spotify, Apple Music. What else? Hit the bell. You don't want to miss next week's episodes, guys. Subscribe, bell, Spotify, podcast, Discord, dumbmoney.tv, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the places. We're Dumb Money. We'll see you one day. Mm-hmm.